friends. Welcome back to an episode of Be Here for a While. It's Monday. I had a good weekend. Did you guys have a good weekend? It's the weekend after Labor Day weekend, so it was a short week. This weekend was also, on Sunday was the Jewish New Year. I know that because I'm 3% Jewish. Just ask my 23andMe test. I'm very proud of it. It's like a badge of honor I wear. Always wanted to be. And you know what? I am. And I think that's enough to brag about, frankly. Um, yeah, it's Monday. I'm excited for the week. And I think yeah, I think it's because I had a good weekend. You know, I went to a new French restaurant called Barbette in West Hollywood on Friday. I could be saying that wrong. It could be like Barbette. But, you know, I'm not French, so whatevs. Uh, the food was really good. And the atmosphere felt like you were in Paris, minus the fact that it was across the street from a fat burger and a few gay novelty shops in West Hollywood. And they also basically steal your car. After, so that's kind of, well, that's a joke. But you pull up to valet. All right, give them your money. And you give them your money beforehand, which is a little, little strange. Give them your money. Go into the restaurant. Eat. Come back out. No valet stand. And it's not like it was like 1 a.m. We had like an early dinner. Come back out. No valet stand. No valet person. And so... You're like, hmm, is this a front for them stealing cars? If so, pretty good front, because I would have never guessed that. And then, so we go back in the restaurant, and the hostess is like, oh, your car's just up the street. Also very confusing. And how do we get our key? Um, So we walk up like two blocks, and just our car, oddly enough, is sitting in an empty parking lot, and it's unlocked, and our keys are in it. So they didn't steal it, but I have to say, very strange system. They could have just taken it, I guess. Um, But, you know, they wouldn't have gotten away with it. And then Saturday morning, I woke up and I went to a spin class with Kristen and Katie, um, which was immediately followed by me driving to, literally, in my workout clothes, still sweaty, for whatever reason, I was really craving Mexican food, and I drove straight to El Coyote, and uh, I ate chicken nachos by myself at 11.35 a.m., five minutes after they opened, like a fat ass. And I worked on my script. And that would have been strange enough, except for the fact that two hours later, I was being picked up to go on a date to the L.A. County Fair with someone that, you know, I just started hanging out with, which is, it really takes a bizarrely confident or self-sabotaging person to go out for Mexican food by themselves two hours before they're going to be picked up to go on an hour and a half drive to Pomona to a fair with only porta potties in a hundred hundred degree heat with someone that they only sort of know and they should be trying to impress <sighs> Jesus take the wheel honestly there's like there's something wrong with me I mean I Fortunately, it all worked out and, uh, you know, the fair was a blast. I got to see a few classic bands. We, we saw Blue Oyster, Blue Oyster Cult. And for those of you that don't know, they sing the cowbell song that has, that has the famous SNL sketch, Don't Fear the Reaper. I would sing it, but I'm not going to. You guys can just either Google the song or Google the SNL sketch. 
with uh, Will Ferrell and Jimmy Fallon and Christopher Walken and I think Horatio Sands and anyways it's hilarious but the song's also amazing and then um, the other band was Grand Funk Railroad yeah we were the youngest people by about 20 years and I was the most excited there I mean I should have been in the front row because these people were just not appreciating the genius that was in front of them. Grand Funk Railroad sings that song, American Band. We're an American band. We're coming to your town. We're going to party down. We're an American band. I'll never sing again. That's not true. I sing a lot on this podcast with my terrible voice. We also, I also just did Stassi's podcast uh, last week. And her and I often do this where we break into song as well like unannounced we don't plan it but we seem to either know what song we're gonna sing or we improvise a song and I apologize but we did that last week on our podcast so uh, go listen to it if you want to hear if you want to hear us harmonize um I'm really 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 excited about my guest today uh I actually interviewed him last week uh and I've been excited to release this podcast he is so funny He's a super nice guy. So, um, uh, Sam Morell is one of the fastest rising stand-up comics in New York City. He's also one of the best joke writers on the scene today. He really is. In 2011, Sam won the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival in Atlanta and was named one of Comedy Central's comics to watch. More recently, Sam has been seen on Comedy Central's Adam Devine's House Party, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and Conan on TBS for multiple appearances. He's also been on Last Comic Standing, America's Got Talent, At Midnight, and Inside Amy Schumer. Sam recorded his debut album on Comedy Central Records, which went to number one on iTunes and made numerous top ten lists. He also released his very own half-hour Comedy Central special, and he has a new one-hour special coming out on Comedy Central on September 14th, he has a huge billboard on Sunset Boulevard, which is crazy, um, advertising it. Um, it is called Positive Influence, and it's presented by Amy Schumer. I believe that she uh, she produced it. It's hilarious. I watched the whole thing. I laughed all the way through. And, you know, Sam's just a really nice guy. He's super interesting, and you're going to learn about his story, and you're going to laugh with us, and uh, it's going to be a good one. So without further ado, give it up for Sam Morell. Thank you so much for doing this. I feel like I've never gone to someone's hotel room to do a podcast. Before. I know. I said we got to have someone present, so I don't feel like Harvey Weinstein. You know, I feel a little bit like I'm. I'm the one that asked. I was like, "Do you want me to come to your hotel?" And I was like, "That sounded creepy when I asked her because <laughs> I live down the street." And I was like, "Well, he can walk down, or I can be." Well, I just thought if we did it by the pool, would be it could be like loud or something. I don't know. So no, I suge- no, I'm the one that suggested the hotel room. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can ask your. All right, you're the crazy one. Shit. Yeah, no, I mean you shouldn't feel bad. <laughs> you should be nervous right now. I'm not. Okay. I'm okay. not. I'm excited. You seem it. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you had a show last night. I did. Um, I did a show at where was I? I can't remember. Oh, I was Comedy did store. Neil Brennan's show at the West Side Theater. Oh, you did that one too. That was good. And then I did the Comedy Store, and then I I judge roast battle, and then I was. You had a full night. I had a full night. And we got drunk at Musso and Frank's in between, and then uh, and then I was just hanging outside the comedy store, and people were just handing me drinks, and I was like, I think I'm pretty drunk. They do that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, the bartenders, sometimes I'll just stand at the bar and just talk to them, and then they'll just like pour shots for me. I'm like, this is not a good idea. Uh, some girl kind of was, she came over to me, and I was like, I'm in. 
and uh, I was throwing everything I had at her, and I still struck out. But I was she like a comic? A, uh, no, no, I, I can't. Just do like that. a fan. Uh, I mean, she liked the show. She just saw. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say a fan, but got it. You know, so it didn't work out. No, she was. Um, she was with a friend, and I guess they hadn't. She was. We hadn't seen each. I, I've run into this a lot. The friends that haven't seen each other in mm. in three months and need to catch up. And I was like, "She's an adult. She'll be okay." And she's like, "No, I have to." And I was like, "All right." She's I think. Like, I think I may have used that before. Yeah. But I feel like the friend. It's more like the friend putting pressure on you. Like then you feel bad. Like oh, she has no one to talk to. So then totally. I go talk to her. Totally. And I was with my friend. Care. I was with my friend. He's got a girlfriend. So he wasn't. He wasn't winging me at all. Uh-huh. But what can you do? It's still fun. Who is your friend? Wonderful. Uh, Namesh Patel. I know that name. Yeah, he's a fun dude. That's cool. Why were you guys all the way at Musso and Frank? If you had a show in Santa Monica and then the Comedy Store, is that? Well, it's not that far from the Comedy Store, is it? Well, kind of. I don't, I don't know. know. He took me. My agent was like, "You're gonna love this place." And it is like, really cool. Huh? It is cool. It's like a throwback. They had like the red blazers. They make you a good Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I loved it. And the bartenders usually tell you stories about like the people that go in there because sometimes the bartenders are there's some younger ones, but then there's ones that have been there from for like sixty years. I, I love old bartenders. They do. They're so there's fun. So many great stories. Yeah, and they also just like you know that those hands have made so many people drinks. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like. It's a trade. I like people that are born to do what they do. It's yeah. kind of cool. I love, uh, I mean, Eddie at the Improv is, uh, he's the bartender there. He is an actor too, but I think he's been at the Improv for, I want to say for most of the time it's been open. Yeah. And I always like sit at the bar and I'm like, tell me, tell me stories. Tell me like who, who would get shit faced in here? Who'd you have to like Isn't it a bummer out? when those people tell stories and they're all bad stories? Yeah, that's true. There's this His guy, are good. There's this guy <laughs> at the comic strip. And he would just like tell us the worst angle of every story. I remember he's like, remember Sam Kinison? And we're like, oh yeah, he was great. And he's like, never booked him. And we're like, what? You're like, that's it? That's yeah. the end of the story? And he's like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's all you got? And like, he's like, yeah, I, th- I told him he was too dirty. We're like, yeah, I mean, time has proven that that was a horrible decision. Why are you bragging about this? That's a really weird story. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about your special. So it's called Positive Influence and yeah. it comes out on the 14th. Yes. Are you excited? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm proud of it. I think there's a lot of fun jokes in there. And uh, that's the thing. Like, I feel like no one's going to talk about it because it's got jokes. And that's like, it, we'll go, comedy's like going against jokes. or like, What do you mean? I feel like you. it's like a mixture of like stories and jokes. Uh, yeah, there's some stories in there. I, I don't know. I, I'm proud of it. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Thank I really you. liked it. I like um, dark humor like that. Oh, cool. And I... Um, I uh, well, I very much resonated with your Reno joke. Oh, really? Yeah, I've done Reno. I've done stand up there twice in one year for a week straight. I've had some dark it's, nights there. It's the it's the worst city in the world. <laughs> okay, maybe not the world. I it's horrible. It's up. You there. did Silver Legacy. Is that where you were? Yes. Yeah. Awful. On the last day that we were there, you know, you, they give you those vouchers to eat. Yeah. Right. We had accumulated. A bunch of vouchers we didn't use after a while because I can't eat in that disgusting, oh God, I'm really talking shit about this place, <laughs> cafe, over and over again. So we had all these vouchers. So I was like, well, let's go like cash them in and let's go try to bring some homeless people food because we have all this free food. The I'm homeless- sure the casino loved that. <laughs> Just walking with a flock of dirty people who reek well, of meth. I didn't meth. bring them in. I, we, brought, <laughs> we like got takeout and brought them out to them. They were was, they were so high on meth they didn't want the food. Like, yeah. I was like begging to give Everyone's them food and they were just there. like, nah, I'm all set. I'm like, you don't, this is a ribeye. <laughs> well, you didn't want it. 
That's true. That's, <laughs> that's a great point. Oh, how arrogant of me that I'm like, I don't want this, but you should have it. Well, that's the thing is that city just brings out the worst in you. I've had so many. Tell me about tell me about a good night there <sighs> or a dark night. I ran into a comic there who I can't name in this story, but he's he's pretty famous and he's a good dude. And he ends up we end up just drink until like 6 a.m and how it, do you run into a comic there? he was playing the big room there. Oh, okay and uh and i saw he was on so i texted him i was like hey and i remember we gambled and he went up like i was like you know i was making no money at the time I was like i can't gamble dude and he was like well i'll give you 500 bucks and if you lose it all we're still friends and if you win anything we'll split it and i was like that's fair that's cool so he gave me 500 bucks and i immediately win like <laughs> like 700 or something i want yeah and then i gave him 350 whatever it was and i'm like i'm the man and then i lost it all and i lost like another 200 that sucks yeah and then he was people were stopping him and they'd be like hey it's a hot table and he'd say things like if you if i win you have a friend for life and if i lose I'll never think of you again. <laughs> he would just say fucked up stuff to people. I, li- I like people just talking catchphrases like that. Yeah, it was cool. He just was kind of like, creepy. Like I feel like we were in like a Robert Altman movie or something. You know, it was like uh, it was pretty cool. And then uh, I just remember that night going to like seven, and uh, I had a break over the time. My uh, my ex. I woke up at like four p.m. Mm-hmm. and she was. I woke up. Actually, called me and she was like, "What happened to you?" And I, there's other stuff in the story I can't say because <laughs> it's just it's bad. But uh, it's Reno. It's Reno. That's, shit happens there. <laughs> that should be their catchphrase. It's Reno. <laughs> it's Reno, yeah. Like, Whatever Vegas. happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and it's Reno. It's Reno. <laughs> That's great, actually. You should call them and do their PR. I should. If you've ever <laughs> fallen hard times, you could do that. Um, okay, so a little bit more about your special. So considering your special is called Positive Influence, yeah. I wanted to ask you a few questions about your career that involve positive influence. Oh, okay. Or negative influence. Okay. So... Well, first of all, just to go back a little bit, how long have you been doing comedy? I guess like 13 years now. Okay, that makes me feel a little better about myself. I was like, if you were going to say like five, I was going to be like, oh, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I have no one knocking down my door for a special yet. All right. Um, uh, okay, so 13 years. Did you start in New York? I did. You're born in New York. I was born in New York. What part? Uh, originally Flatiron and then the Upper East Side. That's fancy. It is kind of fancy. Cool. It's nice. Did you go to like boarding school and stuff? No, I went to a school in Midtown called Browning, but a lot of like Howard Dean went there. That's our most famous alum, I guess. Uh-huh. We don't have I don't many. know who that is. He was a politician. He was that politician who, um, he, Chappelle did that sketch on him because he like, he was a guy who lost his whole career because he was like, yeehaw! Really? He was, like, he was like, I think it was Vermont. Is that right? Yeah. He lost so his he, career just for saying yeehaw? Isn't that crazy in retrospect? <laughs> he sounds like a blast. I think. Yeah. He was uh, a really liberal, I mean, obviously Vermont, very liberal guy. And then uh, his career derailed because I think he just looked stupid doing that. And people were like, yeah, we're done with this guy. It was pretty crazy. I think he sounds like a good time. People are missing out. Yeah. Um, I always just think of when I think of New York and kids that grew up there, I always just think like, did you go to boarding school? Who were your friends? Like, I'm from a very small town, so. Where are you from? Uh, have you seen the Goonies? Of course. That town. Really? Brag, what was that town? It's called Astoria, Oregon. Oh, wow. Okay. Just a stormy fishing village. Oh, Goonies is a classic. They also filmed Kindergarten Cop there. I could go on. There were a few more. <laughs> Short Circuit. Kindergarten Willie. Cop. That's a solid movie. Yeah. Listen, it was my first extra role. Darker. Was, dude, that was a darker movie than I remembered. It was on TV and I'm like. Yeah, it was kind of dark. It's pretty dark. Yeah. It was, I, I sort of forget that. I only probably have seen it like twice because they cut out my scene. 
And so I, and when I say scene, I was an extra just because I was in <laughs> really? kindergarten at the school. Whoa. So they had to put us in it. You buried the lead. That's kind of cool. <laughs> no, I said, I mentioned it. I just talked oh. fast. Yeah. Cool. I'm not, it's not really something to be proud of. I think it's kind of And then cool. I sort of boycotted the movie after that because I was like, they missed out on talent. Oh. By cutting out. <laughs> I like that's your first part and you're like, they didn't give me a big enough role. <laughs> I deserve more. I did. All right. So who has been the most positive influence on your career so far? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I I don't know. I think, I mean, I have certain friends who are just always working. So those guys, I mean, in terms of just like writing anyone who's like at the comedy cellar who's just always got new shit who's just ripping it like mm-hmm. like some people like david tell or such a positive influence because he's always got new material he's mm-hmm. always about like he's a, such a purist so i love that about him i love that he cares about jokes so much so definitely a tell um you know gary goldman people like that who are like always bringing new material yeah. to the stage and and staying prolific cool is a is there anyone that you can credit like some of your rise to besides just yourself because i mean obviously you're an amazing joke writer thanks really I, funny i mean people you know help you along the way mm-hmm. I, I i don't know i don't know if there's anyone who could credit like i think you kind of you put the sets together so it's like you know i mean my friends help a lot because they um I have friends who would just like be like, oh, like let's just bounce new jokes, and it's really just to talk them out. Yeah. If you say if I say them out loud, I can like see where the punchline is. So, you know, there's people like Mark Norman or like comics uh, in New York who I'll just bounce bits with a lot, and I and I love just hearing their ideas and then seeing them on stage. So, those guys like we kind of push each other to always have new jokes because mm-hmm. we we don't want to we want to if we fail we want it to be because we put everything out there. Yeah. Because it's so hard, you know. It's so many good comics. What is your joke writing process? Are you someone that like writes them down fully, or do you just have like an idea and then you work it out on stage? Um, I I'm I write it on a, a laptop oh, originally. You, you fully write them yeah, out. Yeah, I write them out. Yeah, but then I you know I don't stick to them. Like uh, I, when it's new, it's kind of where you see where the joke is because I try to make it. I'm I'm very much written, so I try to make it feel conversational, mm-hmm. and then. Um, so I'll write it and then I email it to myself and then I have it on my phone so I could scroll through it and then I write in a notebook too. Okay. Cool. How long does it how long did it take you to get this one hour special put together? Well, I did uh, a half hour in an album for Comedy Central. Which I guess. went to number one on iTunes? <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And then uh that was like three years ago, I guess. So That's huge. Or two and a half years ago and then uh and then you know i taped this in december so i guess it took about slightly over two years Mm -hmm. about two years okay and you were also nominated for an emmy i read a local emmy that's that's Uh, still an emmy yeah uh a new york emmy in conversation really i introduced myself to people i'd be like i was nominated for an emmy i had a sports show and uh it was for best interviews and i did the interview so you know it was uh it was pretty cool i watched the like trailer or promo for it it's funny it was fun yeah it was a it was a fun new york sports show a lot of the i think all the episodes are on youtube and uh we had crazy guests it was crazy that i'd just be sitting down they'd be like we have a vander holyfield today i'd be like what what that's crazy. Yeah, they'd be like, we have Daryl Strawberry. They just have like huge guests. Did you book them or did they book them? I didn't book them. And then they, wow, that's crazy. 
Yeah, I don't have strawberries number. Do you, you might now. <laughs> I'm not a coke dealer. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had, who'd we have? We had all these crazy guests on. And there's certain episodes, you know, then we'd have like diehard Knicks fans. Like, uh, like the episodes with the real Knicks fans like me were so fun. Like Jerry Ferrara is so cool. He's such a fun guest because mm-hmm. he's, he's just like the most hardcore Knicks fan I know. So I love talking to him. And then, uh, yeah, it's they're almost. I think they're all on YouTube. It's like fifty episodes. It gets better. It's heavily edited because it's on. You know, it was on MSG, which is a mm-hmm. the Knicks network. And like, I can't really criticize the team at all. Yeah. And that's it's hard to be a fan and not criticize a team that's performed so poorly uh-huh. the last fifteen years. Oh, they won't like just because it's their network. You can't. Yeah, but that makes sense. You have to I just mean, just pretend it's, like. they're doing well yeah i'm like man another good loss (laughs) we only lost by 30 tonight so that was cool (laughs) i'm like that's not how fans talk they're like no that's good keep doing what you're doing that one going yeah that that seems very inauthentic (laughs) yeah but uh i mean it's funny because they they the teams were not performing well so they were like didn't want to pay me anymore Mm because no one watches the network when the teams are both performing horribly yeah the rangers and the knicks but uh, they still air the show all the time, so it's a topical show. I'll be talking about like Blake Bortles. I'm like, it's not even football season. Wait, so they're still airing it? They still air it all the time. Do you get paid for it still? No, I don't. Well, that's a shitty deal. Well, talk to my agent. <laughs> he did the best he could. It was. It's look. It's a, It's a. It's a small sports network. Yeah. You know. It's. Whom I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to like. I'm texting him right now. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. This girl I've never met before doing her <laughs> podcast. She says I should have gotten a better. In name. my hotel, he's like, "Wait, slow down." <laughs> so no, In your hotel, sound good. <laughs> you know what's happening right now, right? <laughs> Which that was one of my one of my favorite jokes in your stand up. The pre- I don't want to give it give it you away. Can tell, you can tell okay. a joke from it. Who cares? The uh, the predator one. Oh, you know what's crazy? I have a whole chunk on that now. It's like I just threw that joke in there because I was like, "Oh, that's kind of a funny." Well, idea. I saw. I feel like. Because I watched your Conan thing. I feel like there was a longer version on the Conan No, I have thing. like I have a long bit on it now because I just kept going. I was kind of super into just having a big Me Too chunk that was, in my mind, bulletproof. Yeah. And there's no such thing, obviously, because someone's going to get offended just by me saying that word at certain shows. But, uh, oh, God, I did a Me Too joke in Syracuse Funny Bone a few weeks ago. And this woman walks up to me afterwards and she goes, I'm not a violent person, but I want to punch you in the throat. And I was like, well, you sound violent. Yeah. Hold on. (laughs) I'm not a violent person would maybe be followed with, but I want to maybe slap you across the face. I want to punch you in the throat. You went specific. (laughs) Sounds like you might be a violent person, ma'am. Well, anyway, she was like, are you just like, are you like trying to be funny? Are you just fucking with the crowd? And I was like, I did well up there. What do you mean? Am I trying to fuck with the crowd? You didn't like me. That's You're but, like, they didn't hire me because I fuck with yeah. people. They're like, yeah, that's my pitch. Like, this guy will just troll your audience. And they're like, we like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. 18th no to the 20th. No one will laugh. They're going to ask for their tickets back. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's fun. To, yeah, I have, a, I have a chunk now that I think's like, it's pretty good. And I think like, I'm, the thing is I shot in December, so I feel like I'm close to another hour because I've just been on the road a lot and it's yeah. like, I get so sick of the material. Also, you got to realize when you're like, you know, you're doing this, I've been running these jokes so much, so I don't want to tell them anymore. I'm sick yeah, of telling sick them. Of them. I have a couple of them. I'm going to do probably a couple of them on late night, but then past that, I don't want to tell them anymore. I, yeah. I want to do new stuff. 
there's a lot of comics that after they do a special, they don't want it. They won't tell those jokes ever again. Well, there's some people that are like extremists. Like I yeah. was talking to this comic Ari Shafir, and he was like, "They'll never be uttered again." I'm like, "Well, I gotta like build the new. Yeah. How I can't just like." You're also like relax a little. <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> well, I kind of like that he's so intense. I kind of was. I was like, ah, that's kind of fun. But then, but I just I can't do that. Also, Ari's a storyteller, and I'm mostly I have some stories, but I'm mostly a joke writer. So it's like. I, I'm building this like 30 seconds to a minute and a half at a time, I feel like. You yeah. Know? How often, so another part of the special that I thought was hilarious was the, um, well, I mean, hilarious and I guess sad, for the, but the crocodile. That, that one could lady. get me blowback. There's a, there's like a seven minute bit about it, the alligator ate the baby at Disneyland. And uh, let's just say my people had to really fight to keep that in the special. Comedy Central did not. I, you can see in the. Are pre- you cringing over there? No, <laughs> no, no. It was like it was like the producers. They really wanted to get in there. But some people at Comedy Central were like, this could be a problem. And I'm like, it's it's a honed bit. It's not like I'm just like riffing. Like it's a about really well written bit. <laughs> but you know the thing is it's like it's about me at the end it's not about they think it's about going to be about this dead baby but it's and that's kind of how i get into it yeah to be, but i had to really you can tell the comedy center was kind of pressure me because in the beginning i'm just like uh there's nothing funny about what happened it sounds like i'm making like <laughs> like I, a company speech i don't know i think i think it was good to like preface that instead of well it's horrible a baby's dead it's terrible because like you get you get people on both sides like people after the show come up to me and be like fuck that baby i'm like that's not what i'm saying okay, yeah that's <laughs> jesus you're like i appreciate that you like me but it's not well people are so angry now that people will just say anything they'll just be like they think like this guy was like no those parents deserve it for being bad parents i'm like they lost their they don't jesus. deserve anything shut up it's horrible so but then uh you know, there's the other people that are like, you can't joke about that. And I'm like, watch me. Yeah. It's a, like, like a cool comic that sounds like a dare. It. Yeah. And it's like, the thing I like about jokes like that, I did a joke in, on my first album that um, it got me a lot of blowback. It was a rape joke. And uh, I think it's a good joke. I mean, I defend it to this day. But, you know, goddamn, I see like this happened like five years ago. A lot of the mm-hmm. blowback I got for it. And... I remember someone wrote me this long message about what a disgusting person I am. They didn't even know anything about me. They would just write this this long piece about, like, you're a terrible person. You disgust me. Blah. And it was, like, a long thing. And I just, it ended with her being like, I have a daughter. And I just wrote back, how old is your daughter? And can I see a picture of her? And she actually wrote back, that made me laugh out loud. Oh, and really? I was like, well, if that fucking breaks you, well, then maybe you should. Go. Exactly. It was, one of those up. it was one of those things. And the joke I changed, I told a joke about it that was a different angle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, where she's like, how dare you? And I go, well, you disgust me. But like, just to make it silly. But in reality, she laughed at that. I was like, well, then maybe you should see that th- these are all jokes. I think people get hung up on like the one thing that like lands on them. Yeah. But. It's all it's all possible, you know, and that's what I love about that bit is I think, you know, Comedy Central said they'll put the whole that whole bit on YouTube. So we'll see what happens with that. See all the comments underneath. <laughs> when you say someone writes you a letter, like where is this woman like getting your e- like? Well, she-, she wrote to the Comedy Cellar, and the okay. Comedy Cellar forwarded me that oh, one. Oh, that get that one, yeah. Yeah, and uh, another funny one about that bit is I told that joke when I was working it out in Tampa uh-huh. at this club, Side Splitters which, you know, I play there a lot. And this woman on the 6 p.m. show, first off, I'm killing. Like, it could, like I'm like always nervous when there's a 6 p.m. show, but I'm like, it, really early. it couldn't have been going better. I was like, I guess this is a good show, you know, whatever. People are partying at 6 p.m. in Tampa. I see someone walk out and it looked like I could just feel her anger. I don't know what happened. 
And as I walk off stage, the manager is losing it. He's like, you pissed someone off bad. And like, I love a club that's not angry at me for that, where mm-hmm. they're just like, everyone else is happy. Oh, this so he's losing it in like a funny way? Yeah, he was okay. He was laughing. She writes this thing. He shows me. She wrote a long thing on the Facebook page for the club and took a selfie of her crying. Oh, Jesus <laughs> She goes, this Christ. joke made me cry. And then she attached a picture of her crying. And I was oh. like... This is kind of funny. That person needs to be kicked off. And I almost commented crocodile tears under it, but I didn't. (laughs) But, uh, you know, well, that joke, when it got original blowback, I'm excited for people to see this special so they know the joke we're talking about. But Mm -hmm. it's a long bit about the gator. And I remember we had a whole thing. The comedy seller, they're always supportive of like I've they've (laughs) SD has been like, we've gotten emails about you before, (laughs) you know, and she's the booker there. And she kind of always laughs it off Mm -hmm. because I guess for whatever reason, she knows that the intent is always good. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you're not the only comment they get emails. about. No, of course not. Of course not. But, uh, you know, she she uh, we're talking about that joke once on a podcast and we're talking about and I was kind of defending it and and. She was, you know, kind of neutral. She was like kind of listening, but she, you know, I, I could tell it wasn't her favorite bit. And as we're talking about a baby just starts crying in the restaurant, I go, well, this is awkward. <laughs> I feel like that's a vote against me. <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, I lo- I it's a fun I think it's risky, bit. but it's, it's, it's well written. That's the thing. Is that it's not joke- like you're just like, like, you know, when people do like touchy material and it's just like they just are sort of like it's not a well-written, like well-rounded bit. It's just sort of like I'm going to make fun of this thing and then not really think it through. Yeah. That's when I think it's Well, if you go offensive. there, it's got to be worthwhile. And you I also think. have to make it about yourself. Totally. Like I have jokes about dating someone paralyzed. I'm allowed to say that because I dated someone paralyzed. I'm allowed to like make jokes. about. Where was he like, paralyzed? Uh, well, originally he was a quad, but he regained his upper body. So Whoa. waist down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God! It was a blast. He just sat more than other people. <laughs> Very handsome too. <laughs> just a sitter. You ever see the movie Monkey Shines? Huh, oh I? my God! If you want to see an almost good movie, it's <laughs> it's not good, but it's got like elements where it could have been. It's too long. It's I mean the premise is going to sound horrible. I did this guy Sean Donnelly is a good friend of mine. He has a podcast called Defend Your Movie, and yeah. I defended it because you That's have to. That's a great title for a podcast. Isn't that great? Too. It's yeah. it's actually it's really fun, and sh- I mean Sean's hilarious, but. Uh, we we talked monkey shines and uh, never heard of this movie. It's basically a guy who's like this like really good looking. God, I forgot the actor's name. He's like basically the face of that Scientology movie. You know what I mean? He's a New York guy too. He's like from New York. Got that deep raspy voice, and uh, he's running. He's ripped. He's like a really handsome guy. He's got a hot girlfriend, and he gets hit by a truck, and he's just paralyzed from the neck down. And the doctor who's Ira from Mad About You. A lot of fun references in this movie. He's like, we got you a monkey. And they're like, what? And the monkey is like, the monkeys trains him and like saves him and like, this monkey's incredible. Then it turns out the monkey's evil and the monkey starts killing people. This is the weirdest movie I've ever heard of. It's so off the charts dumb that it's amazing. I, I feel like I need to see it. And there's just one line that always sticks out to me where he turns against the monkey at the end. They have like a face off and he goes, you're slime. You it's disgust me. It's so bad that it's slime. incredible. He call, calling someone slime is a great Also, the insult. monkey can't talk back, so... No, he can't. You're right. He won so that exchange. So was he just kind of like... He was staring <laughs> him down. Yeah. I mean, he didn't back down, if that's what you're asking. The monkey definitely, you know... Did the monkey attack him at all? Yeah, they went at it. It's, well, it's... I mean, that's kind of unfair. <laughs> this guy's a quad. That is it's kind of a slimy Well, monkey. see the movie. It's pretty... Listen, the monkey is slimy. You can't attack It's also got an awkward 
quad uh sex scene okay, where he it. just where uh where she's just like naked on top of him and he's but first off his girlfriend dumps him once he becomes a quad <laughs> i mean there's so much fucked up stuff in the movie but then there's like another there's a sex scene <laughs> where this he meets a new girl who's like part of the rehab and she's just t- it's classic like 80s where she's like topless on top of him and he just i think he started licking her boobs i'm like this is pretty intense was for, she was she his like nurse or something yeah 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 mm. and of course she Typical falls for him. story yeah, I'm it, I can see that. The guy I dated dated his nurse at a certain point. Hell yeah, it's like a thing I guess. Fuck, they want to rescue you're, people. Yeah, it's kind of clo- hot. Yeah, they're in close quarters. <laughs> Wonder if there's wheelchair nurse porn. I don't know, I but I mean, that. I think we're all gonna check after the podcast. I think so, I think everyone. Listening <laughs> there's weirder stuff there. out there. Probably. I'm really trying to cut back on porn. It's hard. I do the road a lot. It's really hard for me. How I, often do you watch porn? I actually asked someone this the other day, someone I was on a date with. I was like, God, I'm I'm, I'm very annoying, by the way. And I can see why people maybe don't want to date me. I was like, how many times a week do you watch porn? He was like, ah. Uh. Like, not every week. I was like, mm, you're oh, lying. Oh, not every week? Well, is... yeah, but then I, I was like, you're lying. He's like, I'm not lying. I'm like, you're lying. I guess I mix it up. I try to go old school and use my imagination, but I, it, it's hard. Uh, especially with some of the stuff they're making these Just days. Brain's not really working as well. Ah, it's shot. <laughs> I think uh, I I uh, there's sometimes on the road where I'll be like, I think I just did it two t- two or three times in a day, and that doesn't that's feel good. That bad. That's pretty bad. Isn't that better than hooking up with a girl? In yes, Reno? totally. Right? It is. But this is safer. I I guess so. Well, there's that thing where I'm like, I you know, I'm very disconnected right now, and like it takes a lot for me to have anything in a relationship right now so uh i almost instantly always regret hooking up with anyone yeah and really as a guy (laughs) 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 i was like really you're a pussy (laughs) sorry i I don't know it made me laugh i don't know (laughs) i thought it was like you just calling me like yeah like every guy does i thought that was what you were saying no i was like i had a joke on my on my album not this one but the first one where i say you know my friend was telling me you got to jack off before you go on a date because that way if you get laid, you last longer. But I told him, uh, here's what they don't tell you. If you masturbate before a date, you're going to cancel that date. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So I, you know. Glad to know what people are in the date for. <laughs> this makes it, me feel great. That's a very guy <laughs> joke. But I just like, I don't know. I just, uh, it's hard. I guess, you know. So you, you regret every time you hook up with a girl, though? Well, I was in a relationship for a long time, and it's just hard to replace that intimacy with just a hookup. Yeah. And I guess, like, well, like, well, then why are you trying to do that? So it's on me, you know? I, yeah. I got to not maybe... With her, I didn't lead with the hooking up. Like, I got to know her, and, like, it, I kind of did it the natural way, whereas it's like if I meet a girl after a show, I'm not, like... You know, and I'm on the road. I'm yeah, not like, like, especially in a different city. Like, yeah, we're in Albuquerque. Let's take it slow. Let's take it slow. Yeah, <laughs> I'll come back and visit you. <laughs> How long ago did you and your girlfriend break up? You know, it's been almost a year, but it it wasn't a clean break. It was like, oh, uh, you still it, hung out for months yeah, afterwards. Well, yeah, I mean, it was also like, yeah, it, it went on for a while. So really, only like six months. I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean, it's over. But it's you, Do you know. want to talk about it. No, we don't have to talk about it. Let's talk about something fun. No, I mean, you're moving on. That's fun, right? Yeah, you know. Um, I think it take. I have a theory. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think it can take guys a lot longer to get over a breakup than it can a girl. Is that? Do you, why do you think that? Because I think it takes a guy longer to um, catch up to the fact that the breakup's happening. 
Like, I think the girl thinks about it in the relationship maybe a little bit longer. Oh, she or was like, definitely out the door before I was. Yeah, and is, yeah. and is probably constantly complaining or saying something. And I think the guy sometimes like, yeah, it'll be fine. And then once it finally happens, they're like, holy shit, I guess it wasn't fine. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of thought it would work things out. And because, well, cause, you know, we were always breaking up for like three years on and off and we always kind of figured it out. And then at a certain point I was like, well, I guess this isn't salvageable. So, uh, yeah, you're right, I think. Yeah. Oh, one of those on and off things that was like the worst over three like do you ever hear that someone's like we were breaking up on and off for three years but now we're happily married <laughs> one day after the three years fight we just clicked it was just smooth <laughs> just sailing like, i don't know what happened well Which that's how you know we watch all these sitcoms where that's what happens they're like will they won't they and they figure it out yeah. you know but it's like in real life that's not that how it works doesn't usually happen yeah i was working on a bit i don't know if it's gonna work or anything but it was about how like you know as guys i don't know about women but i feel like i have no foundation for this because when you're in health class they teach you all the sexual stuff but there's no like relationship ed which is where i need the help like and the angle i want to take was like like i don't need help where the vagina is like i could figure that out like i need help with like what to do when she starts packing her shit that's where i need the education you know do i run do i run do i do i Girls always want you to chase them really i think so. only if you know them though well, <laughs> good point. Well, depends on what they're into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I feel like I was, you know, I feel like I look in, I look back and it's like, well, it didn't work, but I feel like I did most everything right. I made obviously a couple mistakes that I wish I didn't make, but, uh, do you cheat on her? No, no. Yeah. You said that, that. stand up. I didn't, I don't cheat. That's good. I mean, I did once on a girl, uh, but I've been in a bunch of, rela- and it was, a, it was like a really short relationship that with her. I never did. And with, uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, I'm not a cheater. Good for you. Well, I like it. You you make it about like the fact that no one hits on you on the road. Is that yeah. what you said? Yeah, yeah. That was a joke where I'm like, you guys want to know my secret to not cheating on the road? And I, I pause. I'm like, not one woman has tried to fuck me the entire time. I find that really hard to believe. <laughs> I've seen girls after shows like talking to. Comics. It could happen. You it's, know what's the worst is being a female comic on the road with guy comics. Oh God. First of all, I'm not going to go hook up with strangers in Reno, so that's yeah. that. But then just also thinking, like, I'm a lot more attractive than the guy comics on the road, yet no one's talking to me, and there's a lot of girls waiting to talk to them. Is it I talk about my friend Rachel, you know Rachel Feinstein? Yeah. She's my good friend, and she's getting married now, but I mean, for years, we were both you know, single on the road and stuff, and she would be, she would always complain and be like, "Yeah, you're much better looking than me, and no one's talking to you. This is hilarious." I'm like, "Am I that annoying?" <laughs> no, I think it's I just, just don't think anyone ever is that like female comics. Yeah, that's going to be enjoyable. I've heard women say that, but I don't think that's true. I think like guys, I totally have crushes on female comics. I, I don't think it's like that at all. I think I think it's intimidating if you, especially if you're not a comic. Yeah. Well, all comics hook up with each other. I'm very proud that I have not dated comics. Really? I've done it. But what can you well, do? Well, one, but briefly. Yeah. But like, I just when you like, I know so many comics who like, it's so incestual. They've like all hooked up with each other and I'm so judgmental of it. I love being on it's the gross. outside and being like, yeah. losers. <laughs> it is kind of gross. I guess it's like, because it's like we have a job and there's already that like sexual tension, but then yeah. you throw in alcohol every night and you're like, what's well, going to happen? Yeah. And it's also fun to flirt. Like I don't I don't know. Oh, like, that's I feel, fun. There's a couple comics that I feel like that we've like had a good flirt thing for and like it's almost be- it's just good that we don't hook up because we've like a good flirt thing going yeah, you on. Don't ruin and it. if we hook up that'll never it'll be which is weird. Yeah. So let's just enjoy the kind of like I think you're cute but let's just 
stay cute over there. It's better that way. Have you ever hooked up with a female comic and then they go crazy on you afterwards? And then the, it's like hard for you to go work. Yeah, for club? three years. <laughs> oh, oh, she was a comic? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you have, you have really dated comics. comic. So I, now you have to see her out? No, she lives here. Oh, okay. But then I... Um, God, I want to ask who it is so bad. Oh, uh, I mean, y- you, you don't have to do too much detective work. She's a great person. Oh, I, can I just hope like she's go on social media. Sure, she's okay. a she's a good person. I know what I'm doing. I said great, this. and then I took it down to good. Um, <laughs> but uh, what else? Yeah, no, I've I'm trying to think if anyone's gone crazy. I mean, I don't think gone crazy, but I think it's definitely changed our thing. I've definitely gotten more attached than they did with it uh, before. Yeah. So you know, I think everyone. I think it's hard to have expectations that are matching. Yeah. It's hard to have um, two people. Yeah, and it's also it, hard to hear rejection, I think. I have a friend that, that it's just a story that I think it's a lot of girls, like where someone can tell you like, and you twist it in your head, like I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm really into you, but I'm not ready for a relationship. You hear that, they're re- you're really into me though? Like that type of thing. Like my friend would always hear that part of it. I'm like, they said they don't want to date you <laughs> and you're only hearing. I do that sometimes. I, th- I just snipped the best part, like at the movie review, you know, I'm like, well, it said it was fun to be around. I'm like, yeah, but it also said they never want to talk to you ever again. I'm like, I know, but let's just focus on the good. Actually, I think I do that too, but I I would never pursue it again. But like when I go home at night, I'm like, God, they are into me, but they are probably intimidated. I'm very attracted to unavailability. Like if yeah. a woman is unavailable, I'm very attracted to That might to be it. your problem. Well, classic Jewish uh, mom who is just always... Anytime I needed her, right on it. So I was like, I, I, I don't lead with that. That's my dating profile. <laughs> I had an overbearing Jew mom, and I am looking for someone who does the opposite. Uh, no, I, don't I, people I, usually want what, the, what is similar to their mom? Isn't that? I I think it's it's an extreme in either direction. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the formula, but uh, I I kind of want the one who's not. I guess I, or at least I go after the one that's unattainable a little bit to me, and and also. Um, like if I meet a girl and she has a boyfriend, I'm kind of like, oh man, I hope they break up. Like that's a weird thing to, like if I don't know him, obviously I would never. I think that that's a lot of guys think that though. Yeah. Or that, or that, that they're into those type of girls because then they don't have to date them. Maybe they could just hook up with them. Maybe. Yeah. And then, but then I also, but then it's like, it's complicated because then she's a cheater. I don't like that about her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be with someone who's a cheater. So, uh, do you feel like there's hope that maybe you could date someone like Ariana Grande because Pete Davidson is No, because I think it's SNL that gives you that. I think SNL gives you the... Really? Cause, yeah, because Colin Jost is dating Scarlett Johansson. I have forgot And that. Jason Sudeikis, I feel like he was always with models and stuff. But uh, I feel Why like... Get I, SNL? I should. I feel like... Do you do characters? No, but I feel like I'd be good at Weekend Update, but that no one's leaving that position. That. No one's leaving that job. Well, you could make it happen. You could, could have something else. happen to Michael Che. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> just drink with him one night. I'm like, hey, dude, look at that. Uh, look at that train car. He's like, what? Push. <laughs> oh my god, my friend. Well, you could just rope him into a hashtag <laughs> Me Too situation. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that was yeah. I just make something up. I just spread it. Did you hear about Michael Che? It starts on this podcast. He's such a great comic. I was watching oh, him the other night. Guy, he is so good. I just he's saw really, him, I saw him uh, at the comedy cellar recently, and I'd never seen him live. I was like, he is. Good. He's so sophisticated in his writing, like it's never hackneyed at all. He's he's really, uh, he's just really. I really like watching this stuff. Yeah, he always makes me yeah, laugh. Yeah, he's not leaving anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Well, when he leaves, maybe. And he's got Nick's tickets hook up, and ever since my show's canceled, I don't have it. So, Michael, you're great, and I would never frame you for murder or me too or anything. <laughs> 
can I go to a Knicks game with you? <laughs> Followed up with call me. <laughs> yeah, I um you could st- listen, you could develop a few characters. I know people I could. like uh, I feel like Brooks Whalen, that was his story. I mean, granted it didn't last long, but like <laughs> he just sort of like came up with them like right before the audition. Right. Yeah, I think maybe I mean it, I made an audition tape that was terrible for us. I'll just work once. on uh yeah, I'll work on some characters. We we gotta we gotta we gotta figure this out. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to get you to date a model. That's all. <laughs> I'm, I'm on your team. Really? Yeah, I'm Hell in your yeah. corner. <laughs> I'm not really that into models. All right, why? I, <laughs> oh, you said that in your thing. Your uh, your special. Yeah, thing. it's not my. It's that not small my, little thing that's coming out. That you have a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. I don't. I just don't. It's almost like everything is too. I like. I feel like lack of symmetry is like prettier. I don't know. It's almost yeah. like they're too. They look too. It's like a painting or something. You're like, I don't want to like grab that and touch that. Yeah. I don't know. Instagram's made that like so much more intense too, where it's just like, yeah. you're like, why does everyone look the same? I want like imperfection. And I mean that in a way where like that to me is like beauty. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm more attracted Jesus, to that. You're going to get girls hitting you up after this. Well, no, I mean that. I mean, I do. I, I don't that know. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to title this podcast. <laughs> Jesus. Is it really cool? We'll wrap it up soon. To s- I mean, it has to be cool to see a billboard. Like, I didn't know it was right there, so I was actually just walking down, and then I felt like an asshole. That because, you booked your hotel right by it. Well, I didn't book it. <laughs> I didn't know what this, I didn't know what this stuff was, but maybe I'm sure Comedy Central had something to do with that. I was like, oh, this is it's pretty cool for you sure. You literally didn't know it was there. No, I walked up the block and I I saw it, and I was like, that's pretty damn cool. That's so, really cool. Yeah. Like I think I drove by it. Was it before? No, because I got an email about you like a couple days before I asked her, and I was like, ah. Oh, there he is. That's holy shit. And that's a really good placement for a billboard. That's like it a looks great, really man. big deal. Comedy Central's been cool and I'm glad they I'm really glad they bent on that gator bit because it would have been annoying to not have that bit. It's annoying to have a bit that you worked on for a while to make that was a bit that was bombing for so long. I remember I did a whole weekend at Portland uh-huh. and they just did not laugh at that. And I'm like, I gotta commit for the full seven minutes. So yeah. I just it was just a big the rest of the show is killing and it was just a big hole in the set every so night. That's that's really cool to overcome like a bit that isn't working and then you make it work. <laughs> An inspirational tale well, of it, making it, the dead baby joke sing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I have enough confidence yet in comedy to like do a bit many, many times that doesn't work. I think it's all about just it. can you like where you can and can't fail and just knowing. I'm not what. a confident Jewish man. I mean, <laughs> well, Colin Quinn had a great quote. I think it was in one of the years he did that Montreal speech and Colin's outlook on comedy is so is so great. I think he's so wise and. He said that these comedy clubs that don't let you take risks and fail a little bit, and they're like, when you're bombing for like two or three minutes out of a long set, and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, that's the process. That's what yeah. it is. And then he called clubs architects of their own destruction. I was like, that's fucking Ooh, good. Wow. He's, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's on the money. So I think if you're doing like those short club sets, like here in New York, it's hard mm-hmm. to work out and fail. Yeah. But when you're doing the long sets, you have to, you have to experiment or you're not going to get the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Was it hard? Was it hard for you when you first started to book a lot of gigs, or were you booking them like right away? Well, it was hard for a few years, but I actually got really lucky early on. I, I was like, I guess twenty three or twenty four. I won this festival called the Laughing Skull Festival in Atlanta, and the prize was it was. This is what prizes at comedy festivals should be. It shouldn't be like. I mean, money is great, but work and security meant more to me because that means I, I meant I had money coming in and I had ends at club so it, yeah. it got me more so that is honestly the hardest thing as a comic is to get in with a club exactly it's and I wanted hard. to be I wanted to be on the road all my favorite comics were on the road and like mm-hmm. that was 
what I saw as the right trajectory. So this booked me at a lot of clubs. Some were headlining me. Some were like some were featuring me still, but but a lot of clubs took a chance at me and headlined me. Yeah, and that's a pretty it, big deal to be headlining at that age, though. Too. How it long was, did you do doing comedy? <sighs> Like five or six years, probably. Oh, okay. I I wasn't a good you were headliner. Young when you started. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't a good headliner. I was. Uh, I was getting through it. I mm-hmm. I had enough jokes, but I was like, I remember I did one club. The first club I ever headlined was this club. I don't think he knows this, but it was in Seattle or Kirkland or whatever it's called, Laughs. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first night, I was like, "Fuck, I don't know what to do." Like I'm nervous, and I did it, and it went pretty well. I was shocked, and I. And I got off stage and he goes, how dare you? And I was like, what? And he's like, we're a family club. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Fuck. Jesus. So I'm just. Shouldn't they have, that they've told you that beforehand? <laughs> well, yeah, but I also like don't know what I did. I was yeah. also like, I don't really have any jokes I could sub in. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just committing to this set. So the next night I got off stage and I was just nervous what I was going to say. And he was like, you know, I had my doubts about you, but you really pulled it together. And I'm like, what are you talking like, about? I, said the same I did thing. the exact same show. And. But he like kind of I don't know if he was fucking with me, but it, it really got in my head. That would get in my head. I would probably change my whole set. I I just didn't know what to change it to. I didn't know what joke bothered him. Not that I could have come up with an hour and a night, but I think he was drunk. I don't think he was paying attention. Yeah. But what is um I'll fall end it with a few questions. What is your biggest career low and your biggest career high? I, the low um was a I remember this gig still. It's such a weird gig. I bombed a Friars Club roast when I was 21 mm-hmm. and it hurt so badly because I, I think part of it was like I, I thought it would be a good opportunity for me and I also was very young in the business mm-hmm. and I just I don't know I just was green I just I like now when I bomb I can at least bomb you know I still it's still ugly sometimes but for the most part it's a little more graceful than a 21 year old yeah. in a suit you know, oh, that's cute. You were in, oh, it was at Friars Club. You yeah, had to, I just did that recently. Maybe it was just a blazer. I don't know, but I was in. I was in a tie. Like I yeah. looked like a little kid in a tie. I looked like like it was my bar mitzvah or something. Yeah. It didn't look right. And I went up there and I was roasting Omarosa from uh, now ooh. the Trump cabinet, not just the you know. And very hot, by the way, in person. Are but you serious? yeah, I thought she was really attractive. <laughs> but uh, she was not a good sport at the like. She was just letting us kind of bomb yeah and i remember uh i hate I, that why would you well she got paid to be roasted oh she did you get paid to do oh. that yeah i just did a show there it wasn't a like a roast thing yeah jiggy that you know that comedian i don't know he was running well it's it was like a well you know she now is like famous for recording trump thank god there's no rec- recording of that set because it was like it was really really bad it was like I didn't know how to adapt, so I just kind of went. And I did I did my whole set. I won't get off stage, but it yeah. was like, maybe I should have. <laughs> yeah. So that was a low. I remember like afterwards, Paul Mooney, you know, the roast master, he was roast master, and that guy could not have given two shits about it. Like, he let everyone know. He's like, he bombed up top. He's like, I don't care. It wasn't like, I'm going to adapt. He was like, no, I'm bombing. I don't, I don't care. Well, it doesn't sound like you bombed because you did bad. It sounded like she no, was wasn't bad. taking it well. No. I was bad. Reese well, Waters. I wanted to blame a couple, her. <laughs> a couple it people like it was killed. A, her problem. a couple people killed. Rich okay. Voss killed. I remember. Now I'm like buddies with Rich, but I didn't know him at the time. And I remember I knew of him. And I remember I bombed. He went on right after me, and he bombed a joke. And he goes, "He's like, you better laugh, or I'm bringing Sam back up." And it destroyed. And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but I also a part of me was like, "That's cool. He knows my name." I was kind of shocked by that. And then um. And then I remember I told this story to Jim Norton once, and he goes, "Did he do the line that 
you better laugh or I'm bringing him back up. And I was like, yes. So I guess that was like a oh, stock line. Oh, okay. That's like a stock line too. So it wasn't even like a person. He was just like, let me just kill however I can. <laughs> so yeah, Paul Mooney brought me on stage. I had no credits or anything. And he was like, your next comic is a big fan of George Carlin, of Richard Pryor, of Sam Kinison, of Bill Hicks. I knew all of them. All friends of mine. <laughs> all dead. Sam Morrell. That's how he brought me Jesus. on stage. And there's like a video of me just looking like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like I'm panicking. And then I just. Did I he just do it to it. set you up for failure? Or no, just he like... just did not give a shit. He was just like, I don't care about this gig. He's just, Jesus. I'm fucking bored. And he's, you know, I mean, look, that guy is, there's no way he's had an easy life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look at Paul Mooney. I'm like, comedian, gay, black. I'm like, that's, and, it's, and it's old. He's like, you know. He's got to be like 80 now. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to care anymore. He doesn't have to care. Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, look, it, it's fair enough. Looking back, it's kind of a hilarious way to bring someone on stage. Yeah. Um, and what's your biggest career high? C- career high. That's a tougher question because. Um, hmm. Or your favorite. I think little like having good sets feel good. I think the late show recording of my special felt really good. I think mm-hmm. um, I think. Uh, certain sets, mm-hmm. certain TV sets, like when they go the way you want, feel real. I remember I did a, a set on Conan. And it was, I think, my second time on. I was wearing a, a red flannel on this set. Mm-hmm. It was that one. I was really happy with that set. I remember when I got off stage, I was like, everything hit exactly where I wanted, exactly the way I wanted. The pacing was right. I had a couple drinks in me. I was a little fucking confident. Uh, it was a, it was like an awesome episode. I remember because it was like Bill Hader, Bill Burr, and then me on Conan. Oh, wow. I was like, what a fucking, it's all comedy. That's so cool. So that was that was uh, that felt really good that night. I remember. I remember. Like I'm thinking of feelings. I think the feeling of the special being in the can and done felt good because like it's like I could finally move on. Mm-hmm. And so that first one felt. As of now, I'd say that might have been the high. Yeah, not having your your billboard on sunset. That's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. I don't know. It's everything. Everything when it seems like it's going the right direction is good. It's uh, it's maybe hard so to- much is happening for you right now that like everything's sort of running together. Do you I feel guess. like it's like you're on a like a big momentum thing right now? Or has no. it been like that for a while? No, I don't feel that way. Um, but that if people feel that way, let's let's I mean people make are coming to your hotel room to I know. do podcasts. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank I you mean, for doing this. I yeah, I get look, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to look from the outside, mm-hmm. you know, like it's funny. Some people will say things are going well, but then I also like I'm in it every night. I'm like set to set. I'm kind of just focusing on like, uh, can I have this new joke work? And I have this new joke work. Like I tried one new one last night, and I was like, eh, it's all right. I can add to it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's stuff there. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, do you want to say your social media where people can find you on tour and all that stuff? Yeah, my name is uh, Sam Morell. M O R R I L. That's just my. I think that's all of it uh twitter and instagram and all that stuff and i'm i got a lot of tour dates coming up and i'm gonna be in fairfield connecticut uh the f- the 15th at some theater i don't know i think it's called stage one and then uh atlanta punchline that month cleveland hilarities dayton funny bone size splitters in tampa rhode island comedy connection all these fun clubs and uh it's th- it's gonna be a great time i'm looking forward to getting back out there and and doing some new shit awesome and your special comes out september 14th 14th yeah cool yeah i'm pumped all right well thank you thanks for thanks for coming here and having me all right bye